Episode 303, October 19th, 2017. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Did you know that Amazon has a huge selection of aftermarket and OEM Jeep parts? It's true. And they have one of the largest databases of customer reviews on the products that are on a lot of us cheaper shopping lists. There's no better way to support the Jeep Talk Show than by making your next Jeep purchase through our link. JeepTalkShow.com slash Amazon. It's that easy. And every purchase you make using that link, Amazon will donate a small percentage to the Jeep Talk Show. Remember, JeepTalkShow.com slash Amazon. And thanks in advance. Well, the numbers are out. An assortment of apparently leaked documents from Jeep last week included a spreadsheet detailing the upcoming Jeep Wrangler and Wrangler pickup trucks pulling and hauling capabilities. Besides confirming what's ostensibly been established regarding the new Wrangler's engine options, these leaked documents tell us that the U.S. market Wranglers will be able to tow 3,500 pounds or carry between 1,075 and 1,310 pounds inside. We can also deduce curb weights of these Wrangler trims by subtracting the max payload figure, what a truck's rated to carry, from the GVWR, what a truck's rated to weigh in total, including max cargo, using what is clearly math, and I was told there would be no math. <laughs> It looks like a 2-liter Sport will weigh roughly around 3,700 pounds, and the 3-liter diesel Rubicon will come in at around 4,300 pounds. The new Wrangler pickup, pickup truck rather, now officially designated JT is shown on these documents with some bold claims. Check this out. According to what appears to be authentic FCA documentation, the JT will be able to tow 6,500 pounds or haul between 1,100 and 1,400 pounds depending on its trim level. To put that into some perspective for you guys, the official numbers for the 2017 Ram 1500 pickup with the 3.6 liter V6 is 1,560 pounds of cargo or 4,750 pounds of trailer weight. Obviously, a big diesel engine in the 1500 or a Ram 3500 trim will far exceed those numbers, but that really wouldn't be a fair comparison here. According to these documents, the new Jeep truck is going to be a serious workhorse. Now, that said, the Wrangler is expected to debut at the L.A. Auto Show at the end of November. Thankfully, can't come soon enough. Until then, we will have our eyes and ears peeled for any and all details that surface on one of America's favorite things on four wheels. Well, the Jeep Compass gets an important distinction. Jeep redesigned the Compass for the first time since 2007, building in enough upgrades to qualify it for the IIHS top safety pick. That is, if you pick the one with the crash prevention package. The IIHS requires that vehicles score high, they use the term good, in all five crashworthiness categories. Small overlap front, moderate overlap front, side, roof strength, and head restraints. The award also requires in an advanced or superior rating for front crash prevention. To earn this award, Jeep dazzled the IIHS with the front crash prevention system in the new Compass. The system allowed the Jeep to completely avoid collisions in the track tests when traveling 15 and 25 miles per hour. Only, only shortcoming was the headlights. The Compass only managed a marginal score in that department, disqualifying it for the Top Safety Pick Plus award. Even with the optional high-intensity discharge lights and high-beam assist, 
a feature that automatically switches between high beams and low beams depending on the presence of other vehicles. Seems Jeep has always had an issue with its headlights, huh? Oh, and hey, real quick, guys, I thought this was pretty cool. In Little Rock, Arkansas, the Steve Landers Jeep dealership hosted an event this afternoon called Kiss the Chrysler at, at the Arkansas State Fair today. The contestants, who were each a representative from their local charity, must have kept their lips firmly planted on the Chrysler car. The contestant who kept the kissing for the longest will have, well, was the winner and received $5,000 for their charity. But it's not as easy as puckering up to a quarter panel. To make things interesting, the judges instituted a series of progressively more challenging tasks. From what I heard, it was hilarious. And all the proceeds went to a good cause with the winner's charity, the Children's Tumor Foundation. Well, hey, big thanks to all of you out there who continue to help us out by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. You guys rock. Can't thank you enough. If you got something you think you, we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, well, be sure to let us know. Send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, I don't know about you guys, but if I was running the L.A. Auto Show and I was looking forward to the big uh, announcement <laughs> for, the G, for the GL, I mean, good Lord, there's so much information coming out about not only the GL, but the uh, the upcoming uh, Jeep pickup. And <laughs> It's not it's a like secret a, it's, anymore. It's like a sieve over there. <laughs> and it, and I'd what like to have, say. What we haven't seen, though, what we haven't seen, though, is is really good, clear, and distinct pictures that aren't camouflaged. We haven't yeah. seen a lot of interior shots yet. There's been like one or two <laughs> leaked, partially, you know, shown dash shots of this thing. I mean, there there is so much that we don't know yet, especially when it comes to aesthetics, appearances, styling, that sort of stuff. The kinds of things that most people are shopping for. I was just going to say, uh, and, and I, I'd like to think that the Jeep talk show was pivotable, pivotable, pivotable. I can't say it. <laughs> Getting all this information released because Tammy, loose lips, Tammy went over there and was putting her loose pucking up, puckering up on wow. the JL and uh, talking to engineers and bribing them for information. And uh, <laughs> that was me. Center of corporate espionage, Tammy. Oh, uh, pretty soon it's going to be a God. new James Bond movie, uh, loosely based yeah. around her experience uh, with Jeep. No, I'm kidding. At the, at the Toledo plant, yeah. <laughs> that was me. All right, great stuff. Well, you know, uh, uh, last week uh, Tammy was talking about getting her alignment done on her JK, and you had a, a caster issue. Is that correct, Tammy? Uh, was it cast? I don't know. Yeah, it was the, one of the C in, ones. In the, uh, caster. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, was in one of the reports in her alignment, I think she, what was it, Tammy, like a half a degree off or something like that on the oh, caster, yeah, and the less and the guys than, were yeah. saying, let's keep an eye on it, but nothing that really want to, you know, right. jump on right away. Not it's not going to be going to be the end of the world. Yeah. So Steve, four point three LXJ, in his uh, Jeep Tip segment this week, uh, decided to uh, do a little help, uh, give you a little help, a little uh, information on caster having to do with your JK, Tammy. Awesome. Yep. So let's listen to what Steve has to tell us. Last episode of Jeep Talk Show, Tammy had uh, a question about her camber adjustment and the fact that now her tires aren't the same camber as they were when they were when it was stock and had the smaller tires on. And she was wondering if she had to worry about it and kind of be fixed and how much and all these kind of issues. And the answer is a little bit complicated for this. So uh, we're not going to take care of this all in one episode. I'm going to talk about it in general terms tonight and a quick fix and then have some uh, 
other episodes devoted to the J.K. Dana Axles because they're kind of their own breed now. They have their own quirks, and it's just not quite like it used to be in the old days with Dana Axles. So we're going to talk about the J.K. Rubicon Dana 44 front end tonight, and you'll find that the J.K. Dana 30 axles have the same issue. So whatever uh, it, we say tonight will apply to both axles. The J.K. Dana, Rubic Dana 44 in the Rubicon is a Dana 44 center. It's a Dana 44 HD center, actually, which is quite strong, and it's made to stand up to the extra stresses that having selectable lockers on both ends puts on a uh, differential gear. But in their wisdom, the uh, engineers at Chrysler have decided that they would put Dana 30 tubes and knuckles and brakes and all of these things on both axles. And it's kind of a slick move on their part. It allowed them to have just one set of Jeep brakes and one set of Jeep knuckles and steering and so forth. And they would be able to have it across the line on all the Wranglers. So if you have a Wrangler, it takes JK brakes. Not a bad deal. The other thing that they did then, they put Dana 44 size tie rods and uh, tie rod ends on. And I went down and measured them, and I think they're a metric equivalent, but they're basically a half-ton pickup uh, tie, ball, uh, tie rod joint. So you kind of have a mix-match hodgepodge here of uh, types of uh, equipment all in one axle. So when the engineers designed these uh, Dana 30 uh, tubes, C's, knuckles, brakes, wheels, tie rod ends, all of that stuff. They did it with a wheel that has a high amount of offset. And the reason they did this is so that the wheel could have as much straight up and down force as possible. There wouldn't be any rot uh, rotational force against the uh, ball joints. And the lower ball joint is a fairly good ball joint. The upper ball joint, though, is really a half ball joint. It really doesn't have a whole ball inside. It's got half of a one with a shaft sticking up out of the flat side. And that sits in a sleeve, and so it has very little surface contact, and it can wear out because it just doesn't have the surface contact that the bottom one does. So when you put a wheel with less offset on it, it starts to push against that top ball joint and it starts to deform a little bit. And you'll notice it when you... Uh... Hey, why did that stop so fast? Hey, what happened, Tony? Oh, uh, equipment malfunction? Uh, no, no. Actually, uh, we only had four minutes worth of time to show here, have it here on the show. So, we're going to take the other half of this uh, JK caster adjustment from Steve 4.3 LXJ. And for all of our app users, the, the Jeep Talk Show app that you can get on the, uh, the uh, Google uh, Play Store or the iTunes Store, uh, you can uh, download that. And there's a little button right below the main window there. It says bonus. 
And if you click on that bonus, you'll hear the other half of this great information from Steve 4.3 LXJ about JK caster adjustment. So got to get that app, folks. Got to get, gotta that, get gotta, that app. Got to go now. I'm going to go listen to it. Well, hey guys, coming oh, wait, up later wait in the, the show, show to be over. <laughs> coming up later in the show, we've got Iron Man Andy on for an interview. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And if you guys don't know about the 4x4 Radio Network, well, hop on over there right now. Easy to find, easy to get into, easy to access, no signups, none of that kind of crazy stuff. 4x4radionetwork.com. 4x4radionetwork.com. You can find out more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, the Trail Traces podcast, and of course, we're on there too. It's your one-stop shop for all of your off-road audio needs. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh, I'm going to keep this real short because I got to hit the road first thing in the morning. I'm going to be heading north to Roush Creek Off-Road Park in Pennsylvania. No bragging. Oh, more bragging. No bragging. bragging. I'm just going to rub it in, why don't (laughs) you? I see how it is. Um, it's a three-hour drive for me, um, and this is going to be my fourth year attending the Women's Wheeling Day. Um, they're in their fifth year. The first year, there were eight ladies. This year, we have 200 women have registered. Wow. Um, the event's for beginners to advance, and don't worry, men are welcome. We encourage them to come with the ladies. We actually love the men being there because they help us over the obstacles, and they're great spotters. And, you know, if sometimes if somebody doesn't feel comfortable driving over something, um, the boyfriend or the husband will get in the Jeep and drive over it. Oh, I see how it um, is. Just yeah. use us for manual labor. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Fixing Jeep parts. I think, yeah, last year is when I um, broke my steering stabilizer um, at the event. Um, so anyway, um, I'll be heading up to the, uh, the, oops, there goes my light. I'll be heading up to the, the mountains of Pennsylvania and um, doing a little wheeling. And also I'm going to be working for the Jeep talk That's show. That's right. Yeah, doubling so, your pay. Um, Representing. Yes. Representing. Um, <laughs> so we'll be stuffing swag bags with Jeep Talk Show swag and Jeep Mama swag. So, um, yep, I'm going to be leaving here. I wanted the pink koozie, not the purple one. What the hell is this? Apparently, the camo ones are in uh, high demand uh, from what I've read on uh, on Facebook. So that's great, Tammy. Thank you a lot for going out there. And uh, Tammy's going to be sporting the brand new, never before seen uh, banner that uh, she had made oh, up yes. for the Jeep Talk Show. Yes. Hopefully it won't be too uh, windy. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, I got to break that out and put that in my Jeep. Oh, I would have no, been it's upset. Supposed to be re- <laughs> I know. I would have been too. Like, dang. Um, no, it's supposed to be really nice. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, so I'm going up early. We'll be wheeling on Saturday. And check out my social media, and um, I'll be posting all sorts of pictures on the trails. Yeah, so if you're listening to the show, if you're keeping up with the show and listening, oh, yeah. listening right when it comes out, if you're listening to this on uh, Friday, October the twentieth, you still get you still have time to get up there and uh, maybe go uh, uh, meet Tammy, shake her hand, and uh, maybe uh, tell her why you uh, think her Jeep should be red. Yeah. <laughs> so coming up later in the show, that's going to go over like a fart in church. That's <laughs> them spiting words. Uh huh. Um, coming up later in the show, Josh has part two of. 
pumpkin talk. Mm. Yeah, I sure do. And if pumpkin you guys are spice. looking for a source of Jeep tech info, how-tos, and a gathering of fellow like-minded Jeepers, then you guys have to head over to our forum, jeeptalkforum.com. Once there, you guys can engage with other Jeepers just like us, just like you. Ask questions, get answers to your build questions, check out show and shine and off-road picks, all that sort of good stuff, and even find a selection of written transcripts from segments right here on the Jeep Talk Show. If you're worried about how you're going to be treated and all that kind of forum, uh, you know, bad reputation stuff, nah, doesn't happen over there. There's no flaming, no making fun, and of course, no such thing as a stupid question. Whether you're brand new to the Jeep world and you really need some help, or if you're on your 27th Jeep and you got it all figured out, there's something for every Jeeper over at JeepTalkForum.com. Every time you read that 27th Jeep, I uh, think of Jensen and all those Jeeps that he has up there in Canada. <laughs> How many Jeep titles has gone through his hands? Oh, gee. Well, hey, guys, we got some reviews this last week or uh, so. We got uh, somebody that wrote into the show, gave us a five-star review as well. And, of course, if you want to leave us a review, you can do that in a number of places over at iTunes. Leave a comment on YouTube. Even on Facebook, you can rate the show on Facebook. Leave us a comment there. And we always appreciate all of your guys' interaction with the show. Shane Boson, he reviewed the Jeep Talk Show, gave us five stars. Says I have loved this circus for what? many years now. Miss the <laughs> chat room. I mean, who cares if there's only five of us in there, right? But you won't find a better too. Jeep podcast anywhere. <laughs> Funny and informative. Well, thanks, Shane, for the kind words. We do appreciate it. And I know there's a lot of people that miss that chat room. It, we've heard several people talk about the the chat room uh, not being there, and we really appreciate it. And just like I told Shane in the the response to this review on Facebook, just because it's not here now doesn't mean it won't be back in the future. Maybe I'll start a petition. <laughs> I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. You got tech questions? <laughs> oh, boy, do I ever. We have answers. Oh, that's good. because I, I It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! And it's Pumpkin Talk continued. Limited slip differentials. They're not open. They're not locked. Guys, we started last week with Pumpkin Talk. Uh, it's one of maybe three... I might extend this off a little bit more than that, but we got at least two, maybe three segments of this stuff, and we're going to get into the different type of differentials out there and uh, and what they mean and what they do. So limited slip differentials, definitely an upgrade from open, but they're not fully locked. Limited slip differentials combine the benefits of an open and a locked differential. The limited slip differential was a factory option, actually, on a lot of Jeeps, and is also sold as an aftermarket upgrade. So they're also out there in a lot of older TJs, LJs, and even some mid-model XJs in the stock axles. That's right, you can find them in the junkyards, but they are unicorns. It is designed to act as an open differential in most driving conditions, in conditions where both wheels have an equal amount of traction and the vehicle is not turning. The differential will spin both wheels at the same time with an equal amount of torque. This is how vehicles with limited slip differentials are able to do two-wheel burnouts. In conditions where poor traction, where there's poor traction like on snow, ice, or mud, where one wheel has less, less traction than the other, the differential will send more torque to the wheel with more traction. Limited slip differentials are better than open differentials at providing extra traction to the wheels. However, lock up when needed to provide additional traction on uneven surfaces like mud and rocks. Now, this is because they provide the benefits of both an open and a spool or a locker. Some limited slip differentials use clutch plates, so as one wheel begins to spin, the small clutch plates inside the traction device begin to see friction. And as that friction builds up, it engages and starts sending power to the wheel that's not spinning. Most of these types of limited slip differentials require some sort of special friction modifiers to be added to the differential fluid, so that it both lubricates the gears, but doesn't get in the way of the clutch plates when they need to do their job. 
Okay, so you heard me mention locker and spool. So what is a locker and what is a spool? Well, locker is not the thing that you put your backpack into, and a spool is not the thing that you wrap thread around. Okay, maybe they are, but in this case, a locker or a locking differential is designed to fully lock both wheels of the same axle together so they both move at the same speed with the same amount of force. Without a locker, it would be difficult to do any rock crawling due to there would be almost there would never be an even amount of traction between all four tires. This is thanks to rocks being of different shapes, sizes, and textures, and how dare they, right? Some may even have dirt covering them and parts of them, making them very slippery and all that sort of stuff. But that's where we come in with the aftermarket goodies. There are two ways to convert your open differential to a spool or a locker type differential. There's the full spool, which replaces the entire ring gear carrier, and a mini spool, which fits inside of the existing ring gear carrier. And these are, these are parts that are inside your differential, guys. I know that some of these terms and stuff might be a little bit of uh, Greek to you, but uh, you know, just look up on, online some of these images of you know, uh, carrier, uh, differential components, and you're going to understand very quickly what I'm talking about. Some great animations on YouTube as well as, as far as how differentials work. Anyways, uh, the mini spool fits inside of the existing ring gear carrier, replacing the spider gear assembly. Both forms have the same effect, permanently locking up both wheels, even in a tight turn. Because of this, a spool probably should not be used in daily drivers or vehicles that are intended for anything other than drag racing or extreme off-roading, especially in the front axle. Trust me, you don't want to push through a corner. You can get away with a spool in the rear uh, axle of your daily driver, but you're going to hear your tires chirp as you go around every single corner and sometimes even feel the rear end hop a little bit. And not to mention tire wear is going to be a little more severe than what you're used to. So if you want to add traction devices to your daily driver, we turn to lockers. There are two types of main, main kinds of lockers, automatic and selectable. Each have their own pros and cons and can eliminate the off-road only label that comes with the spool. Automatic lockers, typically referred to as lunchbox lockers, are both cost-effective and easy to install in most cases. The term comes from their ease of installation in that you can open your differential like a lunchbox and just throw these things in. Uh, it's a gross oversimplification, but, you know, you get it. Uh, they work automatically, meaning there's no input or traction needed or uh, action needed by the driver for these things to work. The spider gears and the differential are replaced with two halves of a spherical device that has teeth on the inside face of each half. During normal operation, the two halves are joined together, but when you turn, the two halves are allowed to overrun each other, sometime emitting a slight clicking sound. When off-road and torque is being applied, the halves are locked together and won't overrun in a turn, giving you traction even on those mountain switchbacks. In most cases, you won't even know they're there until they engage, and then they act like a spool. Well, next week, guys, we're going to get into the specific uses for the different types of lockers, list the pros and cons of each, and the best way to pick the traction device for your Jeep. In the meantime, if you have a question about Jeep tech, mods, electrical, or anything Jeep-related for that matter, maybe you just need uh, advice on your next build. Shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line Tech Talk, and I'll answer your questions directly, and I may even select your question to air here on the show. Will, uh, will the next segment uh, that you're doing on this uh, have anything to do with pumpkin spice? I was thinking about covering <laughs> an entire segment about pumpkin spice gear fluid. Yes. Uh, and just in the benefits it. of what, how, how, what you, why you should be running that during the fall. And, and if you have a leaky uh, Chrysler 8, 8.25, you'll have a nice spicy smell while you're driving down mm. the road. <laughs> like cinnamon and nutmeg and fail. Ah. The Jeep Dog Show. Oh. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from Antonio, Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. 
This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Sexy, Jake calling. This is John, Free Runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. No. No, no. No, that's not right. We love our listeners. Oh, we do. We do. We do. It's so much fun uh, interacting with you guys, and uh, you need to keep those things coming. We, we love hearing from you. Absolutely. And you guys can uh, get in touch with us a number of ways. And if it's three o'clock in the morning and let's Uh, say you've had too many adult beverages, just dial 530-675-4102 or fire up the old computer and and go over to jeeptalkshow.com and you can find our speak pipe options like an online answering machine right there on the right side. There's a little button says leave us a message. (laughs) <laughs> Nikki G hasn't been able to find the uh, the speak pipe button here in a while, but we'll get to that in a second. First off, we want to go to our great guest interview tonight with uh, with Andy, uh, owner of Ironman4x4fab.com. If you don't know about Ironman Andy and his wonderful products uh, oh, for uh, the, the Cherokees and the TJs, uh, well, you need to take some time to listen to this interview and uh, go over there and visit Definitely. the site, uh, ironman4x4fab.com. And the ZJs, and the WJs, and the LJs, and the... Not <laughs> well, the he does some for other a lot of Jeeps. Well, I was yeah, doing the not. AutoZone thing. I call, I just call oh. it a Cherokee. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I've, you know, I had to go get a, a brake booster for my, uh, my, my Jeep because uh, it went out the other day, and I actually told the guy at O'Reilly's that it is for a Cherokee pause, not a grand. And he didn't ask me. He didn't. He listened. He heard me. <laughs> I felt validated. Amazing. He's been trained. <laughs> All right, let's get over to our great interview with uh, Iron Man Andy. Hey, guys, we have a special treat tonight. We have Andy, the Iron Man from Iron, Iron Man Fab 4x4.com. You know, Andy, I, I hate that f- the... The placement of the fab and the four by four, because I always get those things confused. Did I say it right this time? <laughs> nope. <laughs> simply Ironman four by four fab dot com. All right, good. I'm glad you're here to correct me. So uh, the first, the first thing I got to ask Andy is, what possessed you to uh, make the name Tron Man? Man, you know my first logo wasn't as vague, <laughs> and then I had it done by a professional. <laughs> oh, the professional! You're blaming. The 80s. I don't know. You're blaming the professional. I see. I got you. Now, if you yeah. guys haven't seen Andy's logo, he uses a uh, what it's is it an thing? Anvil. An anvil uh, as part uh, as the eye, and he's trying to make it look like an anvil, <laughs> so you'll get the understanding that it's an anvil. But it looks like a big T, so it's like Tron Man. Oh, see, I I didn't yep. see. Oh, that. you didn't see that? Yeah. No. So uh, it's always a good conversation piece. Yeah, it's a great a great starter. Now I've known Andy for for a long time. Uh, I had just bought a lot of rough country stuff to go on my uh, my Jeep, and uh, before I, I ran across Andy, I think Andy got started just right after I, I started modifying my Jeep, and uh, uh, spoke with him and looked at some of his products. and His uh, his uh, short arms uh, were just beefy as hell. And as I've said a, a number of times, 
if you're ever in the zombie apocalypse, you just take these things off your Jeep and just beat your help, beat the way out of all the zombie horde because they are just so beefy. And Andy, I, I got to say, anytime that I run across somebody that's uh, talking about long arms or uh, short arms or anything that you that you make, I always direct them to you because what I see them using is something so flimsy looking and, and usually it's broken and they're uh, trying to get it welded back together or fixed or sending it back to be replaced. And, uh, uh, Andy, you, do you still have that, uh, uh, forever warranty on your, uh, on your short arms? Absolutely. And, um, to be honest, and this August will be 10 years that we've been in business. Wow. And, um, wow. next August. And if you remember a woman named Valerie, that was a member on XJ talk a long time ago. Sounds right. Um, we had broken one of my very first control arms that I built in my first three months of business. And I warranted her with the new updated versions of everything at that point. And that was the last control arm that I technically warranted. Um, they are so overdone and the materials that we use are so overbuilt um, that it just, it doesn't, they don't fail. You know, bushings wear, mm -hmm. uh, Johnny joints, you know, wear, consumables wear. But as far as the structure of the control arm, I haven't warranted a control arm in nine years. Yeah, it's going to get you home uh, is, is the bottom line. Now, I kind of jumped ahead here a bit. Uh, we, we always try to like That's to okay. get, we try to like to get the, uh, a little bit about the individual that we're, uh, we're talking to. Now, uh, whereabouts in the country are you located, uh, Andy, or is it an undisclosed location? No, it's it's very dis or very obvious where we are. We have a lot of people <laughs> come by and see us when they're up in the mountains of North Carolina because we're in Hayesville, North Carolina. It's in Clay County. Mm -hmm. um, it's right on Lake Chatug. It's a beautiful little town. I don't know the population, but it's not a lot. We got two street lights. Um, oh wow! And a blinky light. So <laughs> wow, you got a new one. Very large. <laughs> we are we are two hours from everywhere. Um, but I did want to say this. I wanted to give a shout out to Keelan Sewell. He is in fourth grade here in Hayesville. And I found out last week that he and his family listen to the Jeep talk show every week. Oh, oh my wow. goodness. He is one of my wrestlers. I'm a wrestling coach for a youth wrestling league. And he is an awesome little kid with a lot of heart. And I was excited to, to hear that he listened to your show. So I wanted to give him a shout out. That's great. Who knew? Yeah. And you know, we always caution the parents that this is... <laughs> We try to be fam family not friendly, rated G. but it's not a ready G uh, program. Well, ever since Tammy joined with her, her mouth, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so now Andy has, uh, has a Jeep or at least you did, now, but you didn't, you don't have an XJ, do you? You have a, uh, you, you have a love for the Grand Cherokees. Um, actually I have two Cherokees. I have a ZJ. I have a WJ. <laughs> uh, we have a TJ now. Um, we've, we're in the market for Comanche, oh, so yeah. we have a pretty much everything, but no, I do drive a 98.59 Grand Cherokee every day. All right. So um, here, I'm here, still, still living the Jeep life. Here's the money question. What color is it, Andy? It is white. It is the stone white. I'm sorry, Andy. That is not the right answer, <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's not okay, black, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, they didn't. They didn't make the niner in red, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, that was a mistake. I can't believe uh, that. They were smart back then. All right, so let's quit goofing around here. Let's talk about some product. Everybody wants to know about the uh, the Iron Man yeah, uh, Andy products. 
Uh, well, see, I want to know because I need to go shopping. This is this is the problem with uh, with with talking to a bud. You just want to goof off and uh, have a good time talking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Andy uh, Andy got helped me out uh, with uh, uh, I helped him out with some advertising on xjtalk.com and he helped me out with upper and lower control arms for my XJ. And I tell you what. Those things are just amazing. Uh, like I said, like I said before. So, Andy, that's really how you got started was making the uh, the short arms for the XJ, wasn't it? Absolutely. We started out just making control arms, and um, the quality of the product, I believe, is what set us in motion. Because mm-hmm. uh, customers started calling and requesting, you know, started with upper control arms because I saw a need in the market. Um, and then started requesting lowers. So I started manufacturing lowers and then track bars. Um, and then it just steamrolled from there. Oh. Uh, one thing after another. And then I, um, we, we got hooked up with a, uh, a laser cutter because originally I started in a 24 by 24 garage all by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, now we are in a much bigger facility. Uh, we have a, a handful of people that work here full time, a handful of people that work here part time. Um, uh, you know, we're 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 pumping along pretty good, uh, and we've we've moved on to a lot of um, plate design type products and you know, brackets and um, you know everything from from track bar brackets to uh, we make motor mounts for um, most of the unibody jeeps. We make um, all kinds of unique products that to fix a problem. And I think that's the most unique thing about Iron Man that I like customers to understand is that we are not a, a box company that's just going to have a three inch lift kit and you get a pile of parts with it. We manufacture parts that solve a problem where we see a hole in the industry. Um, adjustability has always been our thing mm-hmm. where a control arm normally comes with two and a half to three inches of threading on it, which to follow the rules of thread engagement leaves you very little actual adjustment. We put five and three quarter inches of thread on everything. Three quarters of that covers the jam nut. So you have five inches of thread. Um, our long arms have eight inches of inch and a half, 12 thread. I don't know anybody else that uses that threading. Um, the, the the threading numbers are just ridiculous, but what it does is gives the end user the ability to tune the suspension, and that's what I was hoping we you know we can get into talking about the suspension tuning mm-hmm. because of our new product with the three-link, four-link system that we've come out with for the Cherokee. Well, before we go there, let me just mention something about that track bar that you built. Uh, I got one of those track okay. bars with with the bracket and put it on my uh, my Jeep, and it the the thing is just huge. the The diameter of the the the, the solid bar of metal is just huge, uh, and I did that because I bought a heavy duty uh, uh, track bar from uh, uh, from um, Rough Country, and I went out on one of the rare times I've been off road, and I bent it. It took me several months to figure yeah. out that it was bent, but as soon as I saw that it was bent. Uh, rough country, uh, warrantied it for me just fine. But I said, the hell with this, I'm not going back out with something that I'm going to be able to bend. So I checked with Andy and, uh, you got me hooked up with that. Now, one of the things I was waiting for such a long time was a brace to go from, uh, the track bar mount to the other side of the unibody, because you know, uh, the XJs flex a lot with that, uh, unibody design. And you finally came out with something. You finally came out with a brace. How many years was that? It was like five years or something before you came out with a brace for it, wasn't it? 
It, it was quite a long time. Um, I spent a lot of time just making parts. We put a lot of work into what we do. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, you know, it's a lot of hands on, um, there's days where I'll go four or five days in a week where I'm, I'm doing design and I'm working with customers. And then I'll just walk out of the office, say I'm done with it and go stand at the welding table for eight hours <laughs> and just, you know, you know, put in my time there. And, um, so I'm still very hands on, very involved with the parts going out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, my entrepreneurship professor would scold me cause he's like, you know, you need to, you need to manage your business. You don't need to operate your business. But managing right. my business is no fun. Well, that's that's like the thing you got into it for was to was to you put your hands on things and and build the stuff. So, uh, the, but yeah. you came out with another with a whole uh, well, not want to say a whole line, but you have a a whole front end uh, setup now for the XJ, don't you? Because you have not only that brace, but you also have something to uh, tighten up the steering box and hold it in place. So there's like uh, the yeah. track bar, the brace, and then there's a a steering box brace that goes across there too. Correct. Yes, and that's another product that a lot of folks asked me to make, and I, I didn't want to do it, and I didn't want to do it, um, not necessarily because I, I didn't, I, I, you know, honestly, I don't know why I didn't do it. I was, I was busy making parts, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're um, making a business. But, <laughs> now, and, and, and like everything that we make, I go, I start fresh. I look at what's on the market, and then I, I, I go back to the drawing board, and I'm like, well, this is what I see as the problem. This is why the steering boxes are ripping out of the unibody. This is why sector shafts are shearing. Um, And we did some really cool testing with that product to where I think there's only one or two other companies that make them for the Cherokee. And we're the only one that uses a clamp on the steering box as well as the bearing on the sector shaft. Mm -hmm. And what we did is we originally made one with a clamp and then we put a dial indicator on it and we steered them back and forth. And we do everything we can on a Cherokee with 33s on a four and a half inch lift. Mm-hmm. We consider that to be the most common, you know, level field for what the customer, the end user is going to have. So, um, and we found that with just that, that brace, we eliminated about 30 to 40 thousandths of play out of the steering. And then when we put just the bearing on it, we eliminated about 60 thousandths out of the play in the steering, but there is still about 35 to 45 thousandths of play in that system. And that did absolutely feedback to the steering wheel. When we did the brace and the sector shaft bearing, and there's a video on our website, you can watch this. We got it down to seven thousandths of play, both directions, and that's seven thousandths of an inch. And when you drive down the road with our steering box brace, with the sector shaft support, with the clamp on it, it feels like you have rack and pinion steering. Yeah, I can it imagine. It takes all of that play out of the system completely. It's a night and day difference, and it's a difference you can feel. Yeah. Now, um, I know you well, didn't. A lot of the time, I, I know you weren't going this direction and what you wanted to talk about, but I thought it was very important okay. because if you have an XJ and it's it's got the wobblies, I'm not talking about death wobble, just the the drifties and all the rest of that stuff. This stuff that Andy has come up with is going to make it feel like you've got a frame underneath you because it it really stiffens up that front front end yeah absolutely yeah um it's probably one of the most impressive products to to feel the difference after you've installed it because a lot of things you put on and yeah it feels a little tighter or you know your your caster is now correct because you put the control arms on properly but as far as going from a jeep that wandered or a jeep that just had a loose 
you know, you can go nine o'clock to three o'clock and you're in a straight line. Um, well now where you put the steering wheel is where the vehicle goes. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of hard for me to drive the TJ because the TJ, you, you have to have a really l loose grip on the steering wheel because it wants to go anywhere you want to go instantly. <laughs> so I get the, yeah. I get the feeling it has a lot similar, to, uh, setup to that. Now I haven't actually gone, uh, with the, the full Andy setup yet because I have a, uh, a skid plate in front and your, uh, your, uh, steering box brace will not work with a, uh, with a front skid plate factory skid plate. Will it? Actually, it does. Ah, good. This is new information. Yep. Yep. I've, I've got a, a handful of guys that are doing it. I think they had to grind a little bit on one of the, uh, the, the pieces under there where it ties up into it, mm -hmm. but I absolutely have customers running those. Excellent. Those well, I may be talking to you very soon because there's nothing like having great steering, especially on a daily driver. I mean, if you're on the trails, it's nice to have good steering too, but you could, you know, you're going slow. It's not a big deal, but a daily driver, uh, lifted and with all those good parts on it, being able to steer the Jeep where you want it to go is very important. Now let, let's get over to that. Uh, this wonderful stuff that you've come up with, uh, I, I don't want to say recently because I know you've been working on it for a while, but you've released the information recently. Uh, we'll just go ahead and talk about it, uh, Andy. I've been talking a lot here. Okay. Um, what it is is we – I've built a lot of three links. I've built a lot of four links. We've run radius arms for years. And um, in our racing experience over the last four or five years, I've really looked at what holds up. Um, but more than that, what performs. And uh, radius arms are the old standby. Uh, for those that don't know what a radius arm is, it's the long arms that everybody calls long arms. It's got the long lower arm and then the short arm that connects to that to the upper links. Um, and that system works. A lot of folks complain that it creates bind. A lot of the web wheelers love to bring up the word bind, <laughs> but it's not as big of an issue as they think it is because they don't have 18-inch travel shocks. They're not getting the wheel travel that, required to get that bind but that's that's neither here nor there so anyway um radius arms unload real bad which means you go up a hill and the body comes away from the you know away from the suspension um and they it dives real hard during braking and it just it all relies on the shocks for the suspension control it does have minimal caster change so it's a good easy product if you want long arms and a smoother ride now there's the three link argument, which every I don't even want to get into that. My concern <laughs> with the three link, and I'm just going to be real quick here, uh -huh. it's the weakest suspension design. It is a three link is a 2,500 pound and less buggy suspension. That's my opinion. This isn't law. You yeah. know, I'm not. These aren't. This is my opinion from my experience. I've seen three links sheer ridiculous amounts of metal to fail, mm -hmm. and I've seen it over and over again. Um, yes, the three link does not have bind a lot of Cherokee owners, um, grand Cherokee owners, uh, Comanche owners. They still run their Dana 30, a three link puts all that torsion on a singular point on top of the axle. And you can see it. You got a three link, you hit the brakes, the side that doesn't have that upper link. You can see that wheel shuttle forward. You can see that axle wow. move and flex and twist. I'm not a fan. No. A lot of people love it and they stand by it. And that's, that's good. Um, you know, we all, we all have our thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan. And so what I tried to do is pursue a four link system that will work really well. Um, one thing I love 
are those the Clevite rubber bushings, the K3131. Anybody can get one anywhere. Any parts store has them. They used them on the Dodge Ram. They used them on the uh, the Cherokee control arms. It's an incredibly durable rubber bushing that will absorb what little bits of bind the suspension can create, but it'll still be a very strong end link or joint. So we created a four link with the Clevite uh, K3131 bushings on the axle end. Of course, you got your stock upper bushings. And then we said, you know, we've got the bind issue absorbed there a little bit, but when I look at everything that's on the market, you know, with all the other competitors, um, there's no tunability. Now, there is adjustability in the control arm lengths because everybody uses, you know, a weld-in bung or a tube machine tube, and they use Johnny joints, but there's no tunability. You are stuck with the geometry that that company gives you, and if you're a mud guy, your geometry needs to be different than that of a guy that's going to be running the rocks mm-hmm. or a guy that's going to be daily driving. You've got three different suspension geometries that you need. So what we actually did here, much like we do with a lot of the other stuff, is I just went to a suspension geometry link calculator. Um, I looked at two different calculators, and I, I went, I decided, you know, which one would be more appropriate for what we are doing. And I spent about two weeks just drawing a Cherokee with, a, you know, 33s, four and a half inch lift, found the center of gravity, which if you're doing this, a real easy way to find your center of gravity is just those two bolts that are on the back of the transmission that are shaped like a star that everybody hurts themselves trying to remove. <laughs> that to the, to the ground is a really good um, measurement for your center of gravity. And we designed an ideal geometry and then I put the Cherokee and CAD and I designed this four link and what it does is it gives us adjustable link separation at the chassis. It gives us adjustable lower link length with four different holes there. Um, I actually originally designed it with like eight inches of link separation. And when we showed it to a handful of people that we normally show this stuff to, everybody was like, oh, that's great, but the ground clearance sucks. We don't care about geometry. We care about ground. Oh, that just sounds strange. Um, and there should be a hole in the wall from where I wanted to bang my head on the wall. But <laughs> the thing is, you, you can make the best product in the world, but if it's not what somebody wants, there's no point. Oh, so, absolutely. You can't, right. you can't make we, people we, use what, what you think is best. So you're right. So we, and I actually did have a few people that were like, no, I want that original design. So I did make those. And, um, you know, we've been shipping that stuff out. But what we've ended up with is really neat. It's got a uh, 40-inch long lower arms. Um, that can be adjusted to from 36 to 40 inches. And then the uppers hang out around 36 inches, depending on what you put your wheelbase. But you can adjust anywhere from two inches of link separation up to four and three quarter inches of link separation. So if you're running mud, man, you can you can run really big link separation. Uh, it'll create a lot of downforce for a lot of traction. The front end will come up, um, much like you want a mud running truck. If you're running rocks, you run the links as close together as you can um, to where they're not going to contact. And because they do cross, it is a, a slightly a, a four link, um, but not real bad. Mm-hmm. And the um, and the, the rear, you want to, you know, we've got that, we've created the same thing, but it's a dual triangulated. But in the front, you can't do that. This is a question I get asked every day. I know I'm talking fast, but every day people are like, can I run this as a true triangulated four link in the front? And I'm like, yes, if you want to 
go full hydro and move your engine back and down six <laughs> inches. You Jeez. know, because your, your engine's in the way uh-huh. and you can't operate a drag link with a triangulated four link. It just doesn't work. Right. Um, it's all quarter inch plate. Uh, we send it out fully assembled. So all you have to do is put it up into place. Um, you know, check everything. It is a builder kit. This isn't, like I said, this isn't a box setup. So there may be some, you know, if you've got a different transfer case, I put a bunch of holes holding it all together. So if you've got to grind something to clear where the transfer case is, it's not going to hurt because there's uh, two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven volts holding the center section that can drop away per side. <laughs> um, so we, uh, it was funny when uh, Daryl from JCR he he requested my first one that was available for their SEMA Comanche, and he was like, "Man, this guy's got a weird fetish for countersunk bolts." Oh, it's beautiful. Because it's got twelve countersinks per side underneath, because the upper link mounts actually mount from the bottom, because there's no way you can get that upper control arm bolt in there from the side right. because the exhaust and the drive shaft, you, there's just not enough room. Yeah. So we made it so that it comes up from underneath once it's already bolted together. And then you just use all the countersinks. We eliminated the nylocks and we use a serrated flange nut that you can finger tighten. And then when you set the torque, it will not back off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what they make those things out of. I think it's like super mega ultra premium titanium I don't know, death metal, because I, I tried to drill one out to uh, make a little tool, and I smoked a carbide drill bit, a solid carbide drill bit, trying to drill out one of those flange nuts. So they are hard as hell. So if, if folks are worried about the, the grade rating on them, don't worry. They are not going anywhere. So, uh, so what you have right now is uh, you have for the XJ, you have the, the, the standard um, uh, long arms for the front, but you, yes. is it an add-on to so that you could do long arms in the back, or is it are those two different products? It is a it is totally an add-on. They go together. Oh, great! Um, you can buy them together or separately, and it is a true triangulated four link in the rear. Mm-hmm. Uh, set up a little bit more for for high speed stuff. I feel the uh, the industry, the feedback I'm getting from people, a lot of guys are getting the go fast bug, and um. So it's got a, a longer rear control arms, but the rears are almost flat. They're almost parallel with the ground. So the ground clearance is good, but I think we're ending up with about a 52 inch rear lower control arm and uh, about a 42, 44 inch rear upper. Um, I think that's where we settled in. So they're very long. It, it will ride very smooth. Yeah, we actually today posted some pictures up of a, uh, the rear coil setup that we're going to be doing because it's it converts the rear to coils um and we're offering a, a setup for either a, just a coil retainer or a possible a king air bump to go in there um so there's there's a ton of tech um oh you can tell it by looking from, at it but from a, a product standpoint yes we we have a, a four link that can also be run as a three link if you still got to go that route um, we can sell the cross member just as a cross member. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the coolest thing. It's only two inches off the bottom chassis at the lowest point. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's tucked up under there. It's, so it's flat. It it's is really, true. really cool looking guys. And you have to check this out. And if you're going out to SEMA now, I know Andy just kind of glossed over it there, but you, if you're going out to SEMA, you can actually see this 
on a JCR's uh, JCR Offroads um, a Comanche pickup. Is this that, that's correct, right, uh, Andy? Yeah, Daryl built this really killer uh, Comanche. He's got this this orange color. He put the little uh, they have that pizza joke that they do, and he's got a pizza <laughs> delivery um, sign on this like trailside pizza on the side and a, a light on top, and um, he's got like even these this it says uh, hot and ready in the dash, and one means like when the nitrous is going to be ready because they put the six stroker in it, the supercharged. It's an inline six. Um, well, it's anyway, they did all this, but it was cool because uh, Daryl called me about a month and a half ago, and he's like, I saw this cross member. I need it on my SEMA truck, <laughs> but I need a rear four-link for the MJ. Um, can you design that real fast? And I was like, I cannot design anything real fast. Um, no. And I, I, spent, I spent three or four long, long nights up all night long I laid it out. We, we, I, I sent him some ideas. We reviewed it and we designed a rear four link for the MJ that just will, it's two brackets that'll slide right up onto the chassis because the rear of the MJ actually has a chassis where the front's the unibody and um, it'll slide right up onto it, weld in place. And it's really cool because you've got anywhere from zero to eight inches of link separation. So now you're into the point where you've got so much link separation, you're ready for a truck pull. I mean, it's like you, you can be rocks, you can be mud, you can be truck pulling. I mean, you've, you've got all this, and it's one-inch increments. So at the chassis side, you can have all the tuning you would ever need. Yeah. And um, they're really neat. So we got those out to them, and they've we did all the 7075 links on it. It's a beautiful truck. Oh, yeah, um, it really is. They, work into it. The, the, they the do. Terraflex Falcon shocks. It's got Terra 60s front and rear. Um, yeah. beautiful build. Daryl yeah, and all those folks over there at JCR do an excellent the job. Member. Yeah, they do an excellent job with, with their stuff over there. Now, uh, Andy, this is really important. We've been talking about a lot of beautiful work that you've been doing. Where can people go to see all this? I, I'm not going to say the website again because I'm going to get it wrong. Our website is ironman4x4fab.com. Now, here's the disclaimer. A product will not hit our website until we believe in it 100%. So you, our Facebook page, our Instagram, our Snapchat, we use different avenues to connect with different people. Mm -hmm. And we, get, we probably get 25 to 30 of a product out in the market. We sell things at a really cool discount for guys for a test program. And we say, hey, instead of like, if you got a problem, instead of getting up on Facebook, throwing a temper tantrum, call us up. <laughs> let's see what's going on. And, and because this is a new product, but, and we sell it at a discount still with our warranty. And we've mm -hmm. had really good results with that because we get, we get real feedback and we don't give the stuff away. Um, right. because when you give something away, you never hear from anybody again. <laughs> when you, when you actually sell something at a discount, somebody's invested in this. Yes. That makes sense. Um, when people invest, you know, think about the things you've invested in. Um, and you, you're will, you want to participate in in the continuation of it. Yeah. So we found this program works really well to get a better product. And that's all I really care about is to get a really cool, much well, better product in the end. And I got to, I got to mention, I'm sorry. Oh, I got, go I'm sorry. I got to mention, this is what got Andy on everybody's radar was the quality and his concern about the product uh, holding up over time and just being as beefy as possible. So, uh, Tam, uh, Tammy, uh, Andy, you mentioned uh, the various social media things. Where, where can they find you? you uh, I know you said Facebook, but how would they find you on Facebook? I just uh, just search for the Ironman 4x4 Fab 
facebook.com facebook page you can search for me personally um andy carter you'll see a picture of a cherokee in the background a picture of me and my son noah uh he wrestles i'm a wrestling coach we try to stay very personal we try to stay very accessible you can call the phone number 704-796-3502 that's my personal phone number i'm not afraid to give it out if you got a question call me um also kevin cox he's another guy i'm going to throw him under the bus search him he's my marketing and sales director uh he is does a phenomenal job this guy works That's so great. hard to make sure that our pictures are gorgeous every day something's up somewhere to answer people's questions um this dude works really hard he's actually at a jamboree right now in the cumberlands um which is really funny because he's in a race prep cherokee doing a, a jeep jamboree which you know is a pretty trail or a pretty tame trail ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a shakedown run for a race that he's doing in, uh, at dirty turtle next weekend. Wow. It's a, it's so a, it's a hard job that you got there. A hard job that uh, all your <laughs> folks have. And that's the other thing I was talking to Andy the other day, trying to talk him in uh, to come and doing the show. And, uh, he was telling me he's got seven people over there. I was like, Holy hell, what are you doing with all your free time? Now you got all these people doing the work for you. And of course he took the insult and told me he didn't have any free time. Damn it. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, every, every spare minute I get, I'm trying to, to keep, keep going. Um, we're still, working on the rear coil system for the Cherokee. Uh, and as soon as that's done and we have something that's acceptable, I mean, it's coming out and the Niner's coming in and we're going to do the same exact thing for the Niner. It's going to, the four length front and rear, um, that's, you know, anywhere from just coils all the way up to dual shock setups. And then once that's done, it's going out, the WJ is coming in. Um, and we're, we're just knocking them out. Uh, we're, we're going to make it for every unibody, that we can, uh, I feel like the, the JK market has robbed the unibody market. Oh, blind. sure. Yeah. Um, the companies are just running away after the JK market, which is fine. It's a neat Jeep, but they've left this gap. Um, and they, I forgot the number they made like something like 17 stupid, a million Cherokees. Yeah. Um, 2.7 2. million. Yeah. How many? 2.7 million of the XJ. Is that just in America? Because I know um, it's Wikipedia, so there's no telling for sure. But I, I did want to make make sure that Tammy understands this. That you don't is this correct? You don't have any JK products. No, it has TJ um, products. I, I do. We we did for a while, and I eliminated the JK line. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking. So I just want to. But think I still had lots and lots of questions, but. <laughs> That's that's okay, Tony. You go ahead. Thank you. Uh, all right, <laughs> all right, Andy. Well, uh, is there anything else that you want to throw out there? I mean, uh, we did mention where you are on the uh, the various social media places, uh, and uh, the, we uh, we we covered some of the other things there. So I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I could talk for hours. So you just tell me when I need to quit. <laughs> I I, di- um, I do have, have a question. Back, yeah, if you got a question, Tammy, go right ahead. Yeah, I just had a, a couple of quick questions. I was looking at all your stuff um, on your website, and um, do you guys make everything from s- scratch? Like all um, your like all the of different our, covers all and of all our the brackets. Parts we make in house, um, uh-huh. and they are all handmade. We do not have any CNC equipment. Um, I have absolute master uh, manual machinists. Um, uh, and then me 
and another guy that we've been training. So all of our machine work is done in-house by hand. Uh, we're very craftsman-based. All of our plate work, um, we outsource to a company that we started as their very first four-wheel drive company, and now they do cutting and uh, you know laser cutting work and forming for uh, a lot of the industry, a lot of really big names. I'm not going to say anything because I don't step on any toes or anybody <laughs> riled up, but um, right. they found that it's much more affordable to outsource to a professional than it is to try to bring it in-house and do it yourself. And um, so we, we use a, a company to do that, and it, it only improves our quality, and it allows us to have better prices. And then we do all our own powder coating in-house, um, our own design. And I did start uh, using one guy here locally. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw him a little, uh, a, a little shout-out, uh, Jeb Greenstone at CutwormSpecialties.com. Uh, the dude does beautiful artwork. He builds hot rods, but he's got some CNC stuff that he's trying to grow. So we started using him uh, on some of our repetitive parts that a, a machine should be doing. But other than that, everything is done in-house. All our welding, uh, all our machine work, um, all of our powder coating, and we, we assemble almost everything we can. We don't send you bags of parts. Um, we, we send finished, assembled products that you can just install. And, awesome. Uh, so that way, honestly, that way people don't put right-hand threads and left-hand threading, you know? <laughs> that, <laughs> it's so that would be me. <laughs> well, I, that's that? really cool that, I, that's really cool that you guys do that. Um, I work in a, the elevator business now and we have a shop, metal shop, and I'm learning so much about that. And it's interesting to hear how other people operate. Oh, I think it'd just be so much fun to be hanging around and uh, bugging Andy about what does that do? What does yeah. that do? How, how do you do that? All right, Andy, thank you so Come much on. for for joining us tonight, and we're just very excited about the uh, the new product that uh, the new. Uh, I know I know that you've been uh, wanting to get a, a long arm um, the the cross member piece for a long time now, and you certainly did a wonderful job in thinking about it and getting it done. Uh, I'm sorry, one more quick question. Now I know Josh has. <laughs> Uh, a pair of your long arms uh, that were made probably five, ten years ago. He's actually here. Josh, mm -hmm. let me let you just ask him the question. Yeah, sure. Uh, right. Hey, Andy, how's it going, man? Uh, I, I called you probably three years ago. You actually took the time out of your busy day to answer a question about these long arms that I had actually bought from uh, from another off-road enthusiast. He had never used them, had, uh, had originally intended to use them on a Ranger build, of all things, um, but had purchased yeah. them for a Cherokee. And, uh, and they're still sitting in my garage because, well, the Jeep's been down for the better part of uh, almost two years. I'm doing an engine rebuild now. But uh, one of the things on the short list is getting those long arms up on there. Now, obviously, I've got some frame stiffeners and stuff that uh, got to be going in place as well. Does your new, uh, your new cross member work with a variety of frame stiffeners out there? Absolutely. It, will, it only grabs the bottom of the chassis. So... When you have a frame stiffener in place, you have that, that same, it follows that same line along the bottom of the chassis there. So you can just bolt it up into factory holes. The rear section, if you're doing a rear four link, um, you drill through and install some nut certs, but uh, just to hold it and then you weld everything in place. But it will work with frame stiffeners. Um, the only issue is this cross member is not designed to work with radius arms on an angular. If you look at the angles of it, it triangulates too much. Um, and I knew this would be a problem, but I was not willing to sacrifice the geometry 
that I could achieve for the four link to be able to run a set of radius arms on it. With that said, I am working on a drop-in for this cross member where the upper links go now because they mount from the bottom with, I mentioned that earlier with the 12 countersink bolts that everybody's scared of. Um, <laughs> I'm working on a drop-in for that that will hold the old style radius arms because they are a 36 inch long arm and the upper mounts live in a 36 inch distance off the axle. So that will happen. It probably won't happen soon. Um, I want to get some more of these out there, but it will be a possibility and from the timeline you've got going with your Cherokee, not to pick on you or anything, <laughs> but it sounds like you, we, we might be able to wait a little longer. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's no uh, def a definite time frame on this build. So yeah, it's certainly not a daily driver <laughs> or anything like that. So yeah, I've got, I've got all the time in the world, but uh, yeah, I figured that was a good cu couple questions to throw at you out there. I know that you have a ton of the older style long arms out there. Uh, such a great product and, yeah. and stuff that I, I know this new cross member is going to be on on some of those guys' radar. Mm -hmm. And uh, and knowing, having that information, it's like, okay, it's not going to work right, you know, for, for those uh, radius arms, the old style, uh, is good information to have out there. So I appreciate the taking the time to, to square that up. Yeah. And thanks again yeah, very much, I Andy. Do, oh, go I ahead. I do intend on making it work, and if it doesn't, we will, we will make a cross member that will work with it. But I think oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to be able to do it. Um, the other thing is I don't like making anything appear as an afterthought, whether it is or not. Um, because I think we, we, if you look at the industry, there's a lot of afterthoughts out there and it's kind of disappointing. So I would much rather create a variation of what you see that's made for the radius arms. Now you are still offering that, uh, what is it? A Rubicon express, uh, cross member. Uh, uh, I am. You used to at least you used to offer that with your your old style long arms. Is that still you know part of the the current absolutely. offering as far as long arms and cross members go on your site? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's still a fantastic product. Um, I mean, we always one of the things I always love to say about it is we did a race out and uh, it was a Devil's Playground where we jumped off of a short jump and landed in a pile of rocks right on the cross Yikes. member going like twenty five to thirty miles an hour, and Good Lord. it didn't hurt it at all. I mean, it's a fantastic product. Wow. Yeah, you guys make wonderful stuff. <laughs> that's something to be said right there. Way too fast for well, me. That, that, that's actually the Rubicon Express cross member, so I guess I'm repping them there for that. Um, but it's just <laughs> it's just a radius arm cross member, and that's one of the things we had tried to move away from because, um, real quick plug, if you go to the Iron Man Andy, it is my Instagram. It's all still Iron Man Andy. Um, started out as my, my personal, and now it's the company. Um, so there are pictures of my family on there. But there's a video of the new suspension setup, the new four link of a Cherokee coming in to our shop and nailing the brakes and nothing happens other than it stops. <laughs> the suspension doesn't dive. The rear end doesn't lift up. The vehicle just stops and the, the body stays level with the ground. And it's got really crappy shocks on it. Nothing to do with the shocks. It has to do with the proper geometry. Mm -hmm. um, had there been radius arms on there, it would have just dove nose down in the ground. And that is, that's what we're trying to get across as this is a this is a possibility now the cherokee can actually have functional and tunable suspension that will work for your application and if that's what you're into give us a call it's not even on the website yet that's like i said we're still in the phase where i'm getting people using them i'm liking to hear what they're complaining about you know it's hard to get this bolt in here and 
this didn't fit, you know, things like that. I, I like that because it lets us build a better mousetrap. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if, if you are a customer that's interested in it, call me, uh, go on our Facebook page, just look for Ironman4x4fab.com Facebook page, uh, send us a message, uh, send me a text. I mean, all of that. We're, we're available in so many different directions. Again, Kevin Cox, find him. He's got a picture of his Cherokee and his black and white dog. Um, you know, haunt him. Go for it. That's his job. <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much, Andy. Make sure you find Andy, uh, not only his website, but if you want to see this new stuff, you have to follow him on social media because that's where they uh, they release this stuff. Uh, he just dropped that bomb on uh, Facebook uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, maybe it was longer than that. But I was like, holy crap, that's for a Cherokee. And, and also, too, I'll just uh, mention for the, uh, the XJ community out there, thanks a lot for continuing to support uh, and, and bring new products uh, for the for the Cherokee. Because like you say, uh, most of uh, most of the manufacturers out there are going full bore JK, and I'm sure they'll be going full bore JL here very, very soon. But uh, again, AD, yep. thank you so much for, for being with us uh, tonight. Thank you. Anytime. I'd love gladly come back. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You can just tell Andy has so much information that he wants to impart uh, to, to you folks. He's not just oh, in it. Passion, yes. too. I mean, this guy, not, I mean, it's passionate. I mean, he's making a living, of course, but you can tell that he's really interested in Jeeps and he's concerned about the product that you're putting on your Jeeps. And I've known Andy for uh, when he just started and I've got his products on my Jeep. So uh, I probably am not the best person to be, uh, what do you call it? Fair? Impartial. (laughs) Impartial. Yeah, maybe a little (laughs) biased over there. Now, I've never met Andy personally. Uh, I, I will say that he took the time out of his extremely busy schedule to uh, answer a personal phone call of mine uh, when I had a question about one of his long arm products that I actually had just picked up. And uh, you want to talk about customer service, guys. It is really unparalleled in the industry. So if you're looking, if you're in the market for some Jeep products, if you're at the point where you're going to start, you know, really considering, you know, what you're going to do in your build uh, on your TJ, your LJ, your XJ, WJ, or ZJ, uh, really head over to Ironman4x4fab.com. Check out some of his products there, guys. It is going to blow your mind. Yeah, and we're going to have some more Andy uh, on the show here in the future. Uh, I'm going to uh, uh, bug him and uh, make sure that uh, we, we need somebody that uh, full-time job. Maybe we can talk Nikki G into calling Andy every so often and saying, hey, when are you going to be on the uh, the Jeep Talk Show again? <laughs> hey, speaking. speaking yeah, speaking. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. It's uh, week two with no speak pipe button on my safari. It's getting bad. Uh, people are starting to riot. I'm thinking about cannibalism. <laughs> and, uh, anyhow, so, uh, the reason why I'm calling is, uh, something that Josh was talking about differentials last week. Because I was, Got a problem with my uh, differential. I've got the Chrysler eight and a quarter, and I'm thinking about upgrading to the Chrysler eight point two five. But uh, I, w- I wanted to make it beefier, so I painted it red, and now I'm getting uh, oil streaks down the side where uh, the rubber plug w- leaks. And uh, so I'm wondering if there's an upgrade for it or if I replace the rubber plug, will it stop leaking? 
because uh, it's pretty embarrassing when you go to a meet and greet, and uh, it, it's pretty embarrassing when you go to a meet and greet and you have uh, Wendy staring at me. I can't, I can't talk while she's staring at me. <laughs> go away, woman. Anyhow, <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing when you go to a meet and greet with uh, stains from a leaky rear end. I totally saw that coming. You messed me up, woman. Please, <laughs> I tell you. All right. I guess that's it. I'll catch you guys later. You have a good one. Bye. Wait for it. Hey, this is Wendy. I want to apologize for ruining Nick's joke. But believe me, you're not missing much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, he doesn't have it easy over there, does he? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Oh, yeah, so we, yeah. No, no, no fun uh, showing up to the meet and greet, and you're the you're the jeep that spots the driveway. <laughs> the, the, the leaky rear end. <laughs> totally saw that one coming. Oh wow! All right, Tammy. I've let's. Got your, I've the, got his. I got his ticket. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think I'm correct this week in saying this is your product review because it says Jeep Mama's product review. So what do you got for us tonight? Actually, you know, um, I was like, gosh, it's getting to be that chilly cold season when you go out on the trails. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you guys, but my feet get cold all the time. So Put it on your heated seats. Yeah. I, my feet Indian get cold. style driving through traffic cruise control. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Spotter. Um, Spotter. And plus Christmas time's coming around and you need stocking stuffers. So. Um, I have a little prop, these Jeep socks. I know, Josh, you talked about having them. Um, these actually, are really... Uh, right, right here, are right you wearing now. Them? Uh, He's pulling I'm them actually, off his feet. I'm actually pulling one <laughs> off right now. Here's my Jeep sock. <laughs> Tonight, uh, first on the Jeep Talk Show, Smell-O-Vision. Right. <laughs> Josh gets undressed. These, yeah. <laughs> you these know, you, things are so cool. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, Josh didn't bend all the way over to take that sock off, so I don't know where he had it. <laughs> uh, um, you can go over on Amazon and buy these. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Mm -hmm. You can get three of these luxury terrain socks for $11.50. Wow. That's and pretty cheap. They are, they are a really good quality. Um, the ladies come in purple, pink, and e-crew. I think I said that right. What the hell is that? Um, <laughs> it's like a, a tannish oh, okay. color, like a whitish tannish. Anyway, I think the socks are awesome. I wear them when I'm out on the trails. I'm going to be wearing them tomorrow. Um, they keep my toes nice and warm. They're super soft, super strong. They're considered luxury terrain socks, perfect for adrenaline junkies and action lovers. Um, their rugged design is tough enough to withstand any terrain. I even wear mine outside without my shoes on sometimes. They're I wear high mine with my Birkenstocks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, they're, the high cotton means the moisture is absorbed away from your skin, so mm -hmm. your feet are dry and cool. And the best part of these socks is the embroidered Jeep logo, the mark here, here. of quality. I give these star socks a five out of five stars, and you cannot go wrong. These are a perfect gift Indeed. for the Jeep family. I don't know I how they do it. That. I don't know how they do it. Three pair for $11.50. I 
Yeah, they're really good socks. Yeah, just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon before you uh, go to purchase them. And I think we'll get point oh 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 two cents uh, from that sale. But every little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit helps. <laughs> He's really not joking. <laughs> we get fractions of pennies yeah. From, yeah. from that stuff, sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's all, it's all about the more you buy. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, uh, you don't spend anything more. That's that's the important no, thing no. is you Marked spend exactly the same. It's just Amazon giving us a little kickback for uh, for mentioning it uh, on the show. So, uh, Tammy, you have those uh, those foot pegs uh, for your Jeep, don't you? I know you haven't taken the doors off, but yeah, I'm just thinking that the socks and the pegs oh, would make a perfect, perfect combination. Actually, Definitely. Tony, you're onto something there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start a new fad because you can stick your foot out, and uh, if you have sandals on, uh, of course you shouldn't wear sandals with socks. But still, yeah. if you're trying to show off your socks, that's uh, that's a I'll good just, way of doing it. Yeah, sometimes I do take my shoes off when I'm driving. The leaves are changing colors. Yeah, There's uh, the the fire. We actually have a an honest to goodness fire now, not that electric log that we had before because it was too damn hot. So, yeah, my uh, feet are getting cold. Maybe I'll put my socks on. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, hey, guys, uh, I should be, I'm thinking, less than two weeks away from getting my head back. Uh, I haven't heard from the guys uh, this week uh, from D&D Machine, but uh, they said it should be by the end of the month. So uh, if not before. So I'm, I'm thinking uh, less than two weeks and I'll be, uh, I'll be putting some stuff back together. I'm really looking forward to it. I know you're not a big social media guy, but boy, it would be really nice if you just send me the pictures, I'll post them. I think everybody, at least every man that I know just loves a a picture of a good head. It's just really shiny and pretty and it would just be He is talking about an actual, actual, yeah, engine head. I I, seriously, if you want, if you're a gearhead and and a motor nut and stuff like that, you want to look at some engine porn, that type of sort of stuff, really freshly uh, machined head is is something to behold it is it is something pretty and i really am going to be reluctant to put it on the jeep after getting it back and so pretty and modified and, and so shiny and we need to get and, uh, yeah. transparent aluminum valve covers that way you can actually see the and then never yep. turn the you know never turn the engine over oh or maybe clear uh a gelatin based uh oil <laughs> So it's it's nice and pretty. They are just it, it's a shame that you cover them up and you close the hood. They're just so yeah. gorgeous when you get them back. Yeah, yeah, they don't stay that way forever. But nah. uh, just like kids, <laughs> they look great when they first get here. Well, not first when they get here, but anyway. So Tammy, quick question: Are you, with the exception of the banner, all loaded up, or is, is your Jeep ready to go? Got that two boxes uh, of wine with you? Yeah, no, no wine, no wine. <laughs> um. I just have to put the banner in. I pulled it down. Um, I totally almost forgot it. Everything's ready to go. The koozies, the bracelets, my toolbox, my air compressor. What are you going to do to uh, to hook up the, the banner? I mean, have you thought about how you're going to actually uh, display it? I mean, uh, that was one of the things There's we talked a, about. Yeah, we're, they have like a pavilion where oh, okay. we'll be eating um, our dinner. There's going to be, they're providing a dinner and a raffle. So probably in there. Cool. That's great. Oh, that's just wonderful. To, uh, I just, I, I would be curious. I'd like to be a fly on the wall and everybody hear people going, what's the Jeep talk show? <laughs> Cause nobody well, knows. 
I mean, you know, there's going to be some whispers. What's the Jeep? You, ever you seen folks out there know what the Jeep talk <laughs> show is, but there's, I went to that, that, uh, that thing, uh, that Jeep jam here in Katie. And I went up to the guy and said, Hey, I do a little podcast called the Jeep talk show. And he looked at me confused. I said, yeah, I know. Nobody's heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> We've only been doing it since 2010. <laughs> Seven years on the air people. Yeah. Come on. That's why we keep telling you to overnight tell sensation. <laughs> Well, Tony, no, did you, I'm, I'm uh, excited. Did, Tony, did I, did I hear correctly that you have your brake booster fixed or is that you just have the parts or I just have where, the parts, just have ah, the part. Okay. Uh, okay. so, uh, that's, that's going to be a weekend project. And, uh, last weekend, what went out was uh, installing the new microwave oven. We are, are over the, uh, over the oh. stove microwave went out ah. damn piece of crap GE 20 years and it stopped working. I would not buy a GE ever again. Uh, joking guys. Cause uh, it did last us 20 years, 20 years, man. Yeah, That's pretty it was, good. Yeah, it was really good. So I was <laughs> getting ready to put up, I was getting ready to put up the new microwave. And, uh, whenever we uh, had the house built, we did not uh, opt for the $750 GE microwave. We in turn said, no, it's okay. Just <laughs> we'll get the, we'll get the microwave someplace else. Got the exact same model microwave from like, uh, I don't know, some, some vendor, some uh, big box store. Uh, and for like 450 bucks and, uh, nice. I forgot to tell them to put in the cabinets for the over the stove microwave. So the microwave has always been four inches lower than what it should be, which means that the area over the stove, there's not as much a vertical room. So mm. Susie says, whenever my wife, whenever I was going to put up the bracket for this new one, she goes, do you want to do that? Or did you want to do the thing to the cabinets you were talking about doing? So I went in for the next five hours, removing that middle section cabinet, cutting oh. off the t measuring 10 times, cutting yeah. off the top four inches, putting it all back together, you know, breaking that stuff apart, <laughs> fitting yeah. it all back together, gluing it, getting all back. And it looks pretty damn good. And oh, uh, good. the only thing that I have to do now are the doors. I still need to cut down the doors, break them apart and get that. The, the miter saw out and blah, 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 blah. But, uh, the, uh, so I, I spent about five hours, uh, mounting that microwave last weekend and I was dead. <laughs> I didn't feel I like doing another that. thing after that. So the brake boosters this weekend. Way cool. Yep. Anyway, uh, so, uh, and, and I'm, I'm just about ready to order the, uh, the chain, just about ready to order the chain for the uh, the transfer case and a couple of gears and the other odds and ends that I need to get my transfer case uh, fixed. I think I'm still going to have to take that drive shaft uh, someplace and get it uh, rebuilt and balanced though, because it felt a little strange whenever I uh, uh, had it in there and found out about the chain being stretched. So uh, I don't want to give up a, a nice solid ride, a nice uh, uh, non. Yeah. Uh, I, it needs it needs to be vibration free. Well, I think most places will do a, a balance and a, and a you know fresh coat of paint on on uh, most drive shafts for about a hundred bucks, give or take. So you know you throw some good uh, fresh spicer U joints in there, and and for a small investment, the you know front end will spin uh, a lot more smoothly. Yeah, but uh, that's about it for me. I, I'm hoping to get out on the trails, especially now that it's uh, getting cooler, and uh, I, uh, I I now know what my uh, overheating problem was, and not really concerned about it. So. If I can just get that damn damn transfer case back together and working long enough to get off road, I hopefully will uh, have some adventures and some videos and maybe some interviews to share with you guys very soon. Well, 
I'm going to be real be awesome. curious um, about uh, your experiences with the uh, with the rebuild or the chain swap, rather on on your transfer case. I th- years ago I'd I'd uh, busted open my transfer case and and got a donor uh, transfer case off of Craigslist, another 242, which actually had a uh, a slip yoke eliminator already in oh, it. So I just sweet. bolted that thing up. Well, the problem was about a year later. Uh, it started popping out of gear. I'm pretty sure that the shift fork pads on the inside of that transfer case are are worn, if not gone. Um, and so I need to do a rebuild myself. Now, what I was planning on doing was just basically taking the guts from my old one, or maybe just the shift fork anyways, and, and putting it into this new one. Now I'm considering doing a full rebuild um, and, and getting like a rebuild kit from like Novak or, or you know one of those places um, and and doing the, doing the full kit and caboodle. So... Um, whether you get to yours first, first, or, or I get to mine first, uh, either way, we're going to be, um, really close to, you know, doing the same thing right about the same time. And hopefully, uh, shortly after getting the transfer case fixed, I will find a place to get at least one ARB airlocker installed. Cause I think it'd be a lot of fun to, uh, go out and hit the trails with a locker, something I've never done before. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's a blast. Well, it's time to get over to some wheeling wear. We got any wheeling wear, Josh? I know it gets kind yeah, of uh, sparse sure this time of year. Well, we are going to be wrapping up sort of the late summer uh, show season, and, and we're going to be getting into some of the fall stuff that's a little bit hit and miss. And, of course, we're still a little bit early for a lot of the uh, the charity drives and, and the Christmas type, type of stuff. But we do have, coming up towards the end of the month, October 27th through the 29th, the Texas Four-Wheel Drive Organization presenting the 2017 Fall Run. This is going to be happening at the Barnwell Mountain Recreation Area, and they've got a they got something for everybody, guys. Uh, spaghetti dinner Saturday night. They've got a beginners class on Friday afternoon. Uh, you know, guided trail runs, a huge raffle, pretty much you know something for everybody. For more information, head over to HoustonTX4WD.org. Uh, if you guys don't know about what a Jeep Jamboree is, do yourself a favor. Head over to JeepJamboreeUSA.com, and you're going to blow your mind about just how inclusive a Jeep trip can be. I've got another one coming up here October 26th through the 28th in Moab, Utah. This is going to be one that you'd want to add to your bucket list for next year. Uh, obviously, this one's going to be a little too close to get in. I want you guys to know about it and what they do. Head over to JeepJamboreeUSA.com and find out about their next run. Uh, we also have the third annual Crawling for the Fallen coming up November 10th, 2017 here at the Jeep Ranch in Wildwood, Florida. Third annual Crawling for the Fallen is an event for all off-road enthusiasts, Jeep or not, uh, for or people who support law enforcement to raise awareness and show support while honoring the men and women in blue who made the ultimate sacrifice with their lives. On average, 140 to 160 officers lose their lives in the line of duty each and every year. Our goal is to make sure that they are never forgotten. Check these guys out. Just, well, just head over to Google. Do yourself a favor. Uh, just type, type, in a, type in a quick search for Crawling for the Fallen. You guys are going to find them all over the place. And, of course, coming up next month, folks, we have SEMA, the Special Equipment Manufacturers Association, the big show in Las Vegas, Nevada, November 3rd through the 6th. If you want to find out more about this, SEMA.com. Henny, you guys know of an off-road event that's coming up pretty soon? Well, shoot us an email with some details. We'd love to hear from you. Love to know about it. Been to a Jeep event recently? Well, let us know what you thought and what you saw. Call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and leave a message night or day. Love to hear from you. Hey, don't forget about our survey. Please take a moment and take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. We love hearing from our listeners, all of you guys out there, even if you don't own a Jeep. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Google+. Just go to your favorite social media outlet and search for Jeep Talk Show. You will find us. 
listening to the show does not require Jeep ownership and it doesn't require you be a Jeep owner to visit any of our websites. Hey, join us on the Jeep Talk Forum, picture stories, more detail, how-tos, or ask the questions of the hosts, (laughs) jeeptalkforum.com. Hey, folks, and call us anytime and leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102, and you'll even hear it on the show. That's right. And don't forget, we have a free application for your phone or your tablet. Just go to Jeep, or just, just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and search for Jeep Talk Show. And, uh, well, be, you, can, you, you guys will be able to find it. And don't forget, you can only hear Steve's other half of his J.K. Camber segment all while getting the app. So get the app now and press that bonus button. Hey, and if you're making a purchase online or at Amazon, be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. Hey, folks, and don't forget to follow along on my Jeep journey on my blog at www.jeepmama.com. And, of course, if you need a voice for your business or your product, well, I offer professional voiceover services over at thevoiceofjosh.com. You can email directly at josh at thevoiceofjosh.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. They'll thank you for it. So no matter where you guys are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreations and our wheeling destinations in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Be sure and catch Tammy out there at Rosh Creek this weekend. That's the, uh, what was it, the 20th, uh, 21st? Uh, how, long, how long are you out there, Tammy? Um, I'll be there Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Oh, wow, all weekend. Yep. <laughs> Casting since 2010.